We are back with another edition of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Now, you guys were just listening to the uh, mix of Jesus Will Work It Out, the original. Well, this is like a club mix by Charisma. Y'all need to get on um, YouTube and get on um, iTunes and support this artist. Definitely, I like how what they did with that song. That was the song that that you guys heard on uh, Google. Uh, I think the yeah, Google Chrome um, computer commercial over the holidays. So y'all definitely need to get on there and support that that artist. Um, tonight this is episode ninety eight, and we're going to get back on the topic of sexual degeneracy in Hollywood. 
plus other current events part two. So we we t- tackled this topic about three weeks ago uh, when we did our last podcast. So we're going to get back on this topic because this is something that is permeating the news and just perme- permeating our society right now as it relates to, you know, just sexual misconduct, especially in the entertainment world. We've had a lot of people, like there's so many people I can't even name, like the whole situation with Matt Lowry and stuff like that, and just countless other people that have been exposed, and some have been accused, you know, allegedly. So we're waiting for those allegations to be confirmed. But um, there's just been a lot of people. There's been a lot of people having their shows yanked up from under them. Uh, people have been suspended. It's just been a like complete utter chaos and ruckus in the world of entertainment and news. So we're going to get on all of that tonight. In addition, we're going to talk about um, some other topics too. So I'm just going to give you all the rundown of um, what's been going on. We're going to be talking about sexual degeneracy, as I said. Um, we're going to talk about the political victories in Alabama. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, what that means for the current Trump administration. Um, we're also going to talk about Andy Cohen, Bates, Patty LaBelle on his show, Watch what, watch what Happens with Andy or something live or something, whatever that show is. He pretty much um, kind of baited Patty LaBelle into outing Luther Vandross, the, the late, great Luther Vandross, um, about his sexual sexual orientation and how she she kind of low-key kind of, I ain't going to say threw him under the bus, you know what I'm saying, because I don't think Miss Pat, Patty ain't like that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Keaton Jones. Now, for, for those of you that don't know about this situation, which, you know, you have to be living under a rock, this is about the, the young the young kid um, that was, quote-unquote, bullied at school. But we're going to get into the the uh, specifics in that case because everything isn't what it seems to be in that case. So we're going to get into that. Um, also, we're going to talk about Omarosa being kicked out of the White House. We're going to talk about the details of that, and we're going to talk about why Cooning never pays off. Like, you know, she got she got her black ass up in front of everybody, and she tried to make it seem like she was above everybody else, all the other black people like Stacey Dash did, and now she's been given the boot. So we're going to talk about Roland Martin from TV One. His show has been canceled. Um, we're going to get into the details of that. I believe it's sometime towards the end of the month, but we're going to get into the details of that. Um, we're going to talk about the attack on black media. And this is some local news that I want to talk about as well. As far as Indianapolis is concerned, we have been chosen to host the 2021 NBA All-Star Tournament. So we're going to talk about what that means for Indianapolis. Um, we're going to probably get to the Empire and Star season finale reviews. We're going to talk about that for for a brief moment. And also, just in, I just I was reading on this today. Um, Tavis Smiley's show on PBS has been suspended, not canceled, but as for now, it's been suspended due to sexual misconduct allegations. Um, also, let's see what else I want to talk about. I'm gonna, if we have time, we'll t- touch on net neutrality. We're gonna talk about what that is and um, what you know. Uh, I think the FCC has 
the net neutrality rules. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to read a New York Times article dealing with that. And uh, just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the call-in number is 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 646-915-8200. Um, I'm waiting for my guests to call in. I, at the beginning of the show, I had two people call in, and I, and I lost them. So I guess I don't know if the uh, – the system dropped them or whatever, but um, we're going to wait for them to call back in. we got a lot to discuss tonight. So I'm probably going to go to some Mary J. Blige real quick and, um, you know, do a little bit more prep, get everything started. Um, this is going to be a, a fast-paced show tonight. So when we get in here, um, we're just going to hit these topics, boom, 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 one by one. Before we go to Miss Mary J. Blige, love yourself. I want to tell you guys, if y'all not part or you haven't subscribed, to our YouTube channel, be sure to do so. Go to youtube.com slash UCOFW. Once again, youtube.com slash UCOFW. Um, subscribe. Uh, make sure you check that out. We're going to have some interviews coming up on that on that YouTube channel. And plus, you get to hear some of the excerpts and some of the highlights of our show to do that. Also, we have a Facebook group page. So uh, join that. Go into the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers or just Type in UCOFW so you'll get the updates of shows that are coming on our network, our Blog Talk Radio network, and you'll get the schedule for the Urban Wire podcast, which that's what you're listening to right now. Um, let's see what else is going on. Um, that's pretty much it. Just make sure you join those two platforms. It's going to be 2018. I got some things in the works that I want to do. I'm going to try to squeeze them in and get it in. I'm still trying to, I'm wanting to work on an actual website where we'll have um, contributing um, writers or bloggers for our site. So I'm going to be working on that project next year. So y'all be sure to join in to that. Those of you that are interested in contributing or helping out or volunteering, or even if you want to advertise with us, feel free to email me, Seneca Harris, S-E Harris, that's H-A-R-R, is02 at gmail.com. If you have any show ideas, if you want to come on the show, um, if you if you have anything you want to contribute, please step up. I'm looking for some assistance. We're looking for some people that can do marketing. We're looking for people that, that want to be out in the field. We're going to be doing some interviews. We're going to do a lot of stuff in 2018. So I really want y'all to, you know, step it up, step it up. Um, we're going to go to Mary J. Blige. I think we have – I think this is Steve's number. I'm going to go to the line. If not, I'm going to go to the phone real quick. I know JR said he's calling in a little late, but we're going to go to the line and jump right in. Um, caller 317664. Is this Steve? That's me. Hey, cousin. Uh, uh, okay, now, see, this is – okay, this okay, this, this is Aisha. Okay. Yeah, because you and Steve <laughs> got similar numbers. Okay. So <laughs> – we just need to know what's going on because there's so much that's been going on. I just went through the rundown of what we're going to be talking about. There's been so much that's been going on with these sexual allegations in Hollywood to where to the point to where I had to do a part of this because it's just been crazy. This has been spreading like wildfire. So, you yeah. know, um, it, it's, it's, it's really getting ridiculous. Like now it's getting to the point where, 
prominent people are stepping down or or getting their shows yanked up from under them. Like uh, you shared that link with me about Tabby Smiley. That was crazy. Yes. I I don't know about that. I just because I'm gonna tell you, I've met Tabby Smiley before. Years ago, I did an interview with him, and you can go on YouTube.com slash UCFW and find that interview. It was a brief interview because he was in town promoting, I think, a book. And, you know, I sat down and talked to him, did like a quick little five-minute interview with him. But he was very humble down to earth. I didn't get that vibe from him. And it just seems like, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I wonder if we're just becoming this society where everybody is so – People just stop. Like people can't take they take the smallest thing out of context. I just I don't know what's going on, but we're gonna talk about that tonight. So I've done a little digging on that. Um, I downloaded his his statement about his show being suspended, so I'm gonna play that on the air. And then before we get to that, did you hear about Roland Martin's show being canceled from T V one? You heard about that, didn't you? No, I seen him post something about he wasn't going to give Omarosa five minutes of his day when there's more important yeah. stuff going on. Right. Well, then he, well, he's probably saying that because, you know, he, his show's running down here in a couple weeks, so he, he ain't going to talk about no foolishness on his show. So, but that's going to be a topic I want to jump on because I want to, I feel like black media is being attacked right now, and you know, there's a lot of people that feel sorry for Roland Martin, and there's some people that don't, because we look back on uh, last year's election, how they said that they felt he was kind of cooning a little bit. He was soft right. doing when he was uh, when he had Hillary Clinton. When he was interviewing her on his show. He was up there two stepping and doing the Dougie with her. And you you already know if we look back in the history on the you know of the of the Clintons house. A lot of people think that they they were the ones that were responsible for a lot of black men getting incarcerated, and a lot of the uh, the the pitfalls in the black community. So a lot of people kind of gave him the side eye about that. You know what I'm saying? So right. But getting back, yeah. Go ahead. What was you gonna say? No, yeah, definitely. You know, I had to research that because I had never really heard of that until she started to run for president. Yeah. And so I had to kind of look into that. And I was like, "Wow!" I said, "I guess if you, you know, say if you see it from from a different perspective, it does appear that because of them, you know, the the ghetto to to jail pipeline kind of ran through them." And then you look at it like you know, uh, I think they said even with the um, with the you know the three strikes laws and all that stuff. And, and you know they incarcerated a lot of black men just due to like nonviolent, um, little petty drug offenses. That's how a lot of them right. ended up in jail for years. So we look at it and start pulling back the layers of this. The the, the are not, uh, they're not really people with clean hands as it relates to the black community. So, but I want to get back to uh uh. Tavis Smiley, because I want to play this clip real quick, because I want want y'all to hear um his statement, and then I'm going to read an article um about this 
and how PBS, they said PBS just let somebody else go to somebody else's show go due to some allegations. But um, I'm going to go play this clip real quick because I want y'all to hear what he had to say. And then okay. I'm going to come back um, in a brief second. Hi, I'm Tavis. I was as shocked as you were to hear of PBS's sudden announcement regarding my television program. Let me say at the outset that I have the utmost respect for all women, and I certainly celebrate the courage of those women who've come forth of late to share their own truth. But let me also assure you that I have never groped, inappropriately exposed myself, or coerced any colleague in the workplace ever in my 30-year career. PBS launched this so-called investigation of me without ever even telling me about it. I only learned of this investigation because former colleagues, former staffers, started to call me to tell me they were getting a phone call from some PBS investigator asking, number one, did Tavis ever make you feel uncomfortable in the workplace? And number two, can you give us other persons to call? Only after threatening a lawsuit did PBS investigators agree to sit down and talk to me for three hours. And even then, their minds must have been made up because almost immediately after that session ended, this story broke in variety. PBS investigators refused to look at any of my documentation, refused to talk to any of my current staffers, refused to give me the names of any of my accusers, and refused to give me any semblance of due process. It is clear that this has gone too far, and I, for one, intend to fight back. PBS overreacted, and they launched a sloppy investigation. It's time for a real conversation in this country about where the lines are about how men and women can engage each other in the workplace. And I look forward to actively participating in that conversation. All right, that was uh, Tavis Smiley in response to PBS uh, suspending his show. So from what I gather from it is like they were doing this investigation behind his back. And he had no idea this was coming. He was pretty much, like, you know, just as shy as everyone else was. And to me, um, you know, it was just crazy how they went behind his back and they started um, talking to all these employees and stuff like that. They were calling and, you know, calling people from, you know, that worked there in the past and people that currently work there and stuff like that. And it was just crazy that, you know, you – you didn't get a chance to, he didn't get a chance to defend himself. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that's mm-hmm. just fishy about it. So I want to oh, jump definitely. to this article real quick. Yeah, I want to uh, jump to this real quick um, off of Variety.com to get a little bit more insight in this. Um, this article is entitled, PBS Suspends Tavis Smiley Following Sexual Conduct Investiga- Investigation. Um, so this, I guess, this is an exclusive uh article where they got like a inside look at what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this article was written by Daniel Holloway. I guess he's one of their contributing writers on this on this website. Okay. Um PBS has suspended late night talk show host Tavis Smiley amid misconduct allegations against his host and namesake. Today PBS has indefinitely suspended Distribution of Tavis Smiley, produced by TS Media, an independent production company, the product, um, the public broadcaster said. 
PBS engaged an outside law firm to conduct the investigation immediately after learning of the troubling allegations regarding Mr. Smiley. This investigation included interviews with witnesses as well as Mr. Smiley. The inquiry uncovered multiple credible allegations of conduct that is inconsistent with the values and standards of PBS and total um, totality of this information led to today's decision. Um, sources close to the production told Variety that PBS hired an attorney um, by the name of Sarah Taylor to see the investigation to Smiley's behavior after receiving allegations of misconduct by Smiley, who hosts and produces the talk show. Wirtz declined Variety's request for comment. According to the sources, MSK took reports from 10 witnesses, a mix of men and women of different races and employment levels in Smiley's organization, most of them former staffers. Okay, this is my thing. Why didn't they, I'm going to pause here, why didn't they, to me it would seem like you would, you would go more for people that are currently working at, at that place. You know what I'm saying? Why, why that so have any affiliation with that. Well, that's just a little side thing I want to throw in. The investigation found credible allegations that Smiley had engaged in sexual relationships with multiple subordinates towards the state. Some witnesses interviewed expressed concern that their employment status was linked to the status of sexual relationships with Smiley. In general, witnesses described Smiley as creating a verbally abusive and threatening environment that went beyond what they could be expected in a typical high-pressure work environment. Several expressed concerns about retaliation. In a statement posted Thursday evening on Facebook, Smiley said, I have the utmost respect for women and celebrated the courage of those who have come forth to tell their truth. To be unclear, I have never broke, coerced, ex exposed myself inappropriately inappropriately to any workplace colleague in my entire broadcast career, covering six networks over 30 years. Smiley has hosted the uh, Tavis Smiley a half-hour interview program that airs weeknights on PBS member night station since it premiered in 2004. Um, let me jump down here. Let's uh, just pretty much give him an insight of his career. Uh, right. In February, peace in Observer, um, Jacques Hazaji, a former producer on Smiley's television show, wrote that Smiley's misogyny is always creeping around, barely camouflaged by Midwestern good manners. Hazaji described Smiley picking up a woman at the Orlando airport and bringing her along on a reporting trip as a, quote, fuck buddy. Alleged that Smiley had a romantic relationship with another producer and quoted Smiley the integrating PBS executive. Smiley currently has developed development deals with Warner Brothers Television. Among the projects and work under that deal is an adaption of Smiley's book Before You Judge Me, The Triumph and Tragedy of Michael Jackson's Last Day, about the pop singer with J.J. Abrams Bad robot. Um, okay, the decision to halt Smiley's program just weeks after the public broadcaster made a similar move to end Charlie Rose's interview. That's the other person I was telling you guys about. 
showed the following claims of sexual harassment levied at the host. Um, that's pretty much the end of that article. This is what I'm going to say because seeing just the kind of society we live in now, you what's that what's that quote that people always say? You cannot shit where you eat. Exactly. I hate you know, I'm just using that I'm just you saying that. You you can't play where you eat. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you have to as, keep as, those as, you have to mm-hmm. go ahead. As the people as the people used to say, don't take the sand to the beach. Right. When you go to don't you don't take sand to the beach now. You you go into the beach. <laughs> it's already something there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This this is my thing. Like, you know, what this is my thing. What that man does outside of his um, professional life, I have no, I I, I have no, I, I don't really care. Uh, and that's my thing. That's why he should have just, if he's carrying on even relationships, consensual relationships in the workplace, that's just something that he you shouldn't do. I mean, even if it's consensual, because Stuff like this could be taken out of context. You know what I'm saying? And being yep. like, you never yep. know. The network could have some type of vendetta, of vendetta against them, or you, you know, know, you um, know, you you know, the big wigs at, at at PBS ain't never heard of a fuck buddy. They, they were like, "What is that? Yeah. That's degrading." <laughs> but see, this is my thing. Like, you know, that's why, like, I'm telling you, man, and it, and I think it comes with wisdom, like. Just don't even get involved with people in your workplace like that. Like, I understand, you know, you don't work with people, you know, a lot of times you see or you're around your colleagues at work more than your own family. And, and I can understand having, like, you know, friendly relationships with people, but I would just take it only to a certain extent. Yeah. Because now these people are sitting here claiming, okay, even though I opened up my legs or showed my breast or I or I, I put myself out there in the sexual now, now y'all want to sit up here and, and, and with the fuckery after y'all didn't get to where you expected you were going to get to, and now you want to cry exactly. that you were. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking I'm giving the side eye to all these people that now want to come out because pretty much this is like a floodgate that's been opened, and it's a cash grab for a lot of these people. And now they yep. feel like, you know, a lot of y'all want, y'all, y'all use y'all asses in your titties, in your breasts, in, in, in your stinking ass vaginas, in your, in, in some, in, in, in your woe out mouth to get to where you, where you at currently. But you mad that you're not getting to where you really want to get to at the pace that you want to get to, or it backfired on you. So now you want to cry wool. You yep. know, even though you put yourself in that situation, like I just have a problem with this, and I'm thinking that a lot of this stuff—that's that's the case. That, I think that's the situation that's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. what do you feel about this whole situation with Tavis Smiley? Do you believe that there could have been some sexual misconduct involved? I mean, for this cases? man, for this man to come out on day one and was like. The people that I believe that they're trying to accuse me of, I was in a relationship with. 
It's not somebody that I was just randomly seeing. I was in a relationship with. So right. it, it does sound to me a lot a, a lot like a bitter Betty. You know what I'm saying? The relationship didn't go the way it was supposed to or the way she thought it was going to go. And, you know what I'm saying, oh, now the floodgates is open for me to accuse somebody of doing something. So now I'm going to say that they did. No. I, I, I take, and the way that they went about it, because I really want to know how long this investigation was. Yeah. Because if it was a fly by night investigation, I, I don't I don't I don't believe half of what they trying to come up with. Yeah. And, so, yeah, so and, I you know and I said I'm I'm real skeptical about the Tabby Smiley one. Now the rest of these I can almost believe, you know. Because like you said, I've I've had an encounter with Tavis Smiley myself, you know, and he doesn't come across as that. Not to say that he's not, but you almost know a jerk when you meet one. And it's not even that. Like, uh, and, and like I said, you you a grown man. Like, if people gonna have sex, they gonna they gonna do it. Like, like, I don't really have no about that. Like, I don't have a dog in the fight. But you know good as well. You know, and, and, and I know you you a lot like me because how we just have a, a strong discernment with people. It's something about a, a, a sexual deviant or someone that is a, a, a predator that gives off a particular vibe. Like, it's something about that person that gives oh, yeah. off a vibe. And and you gonna feel it or pick up on it when you're around that person, and mm-hmm. it's just you know I just don't get that off of him. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you know, and I'm not saying that the guy is a I don't know him like that. But I'm just talking about what I've seen up on him and just you know just following his work for years. You know, I I just you know when somebody is about that that shady life. You you see what I'm saying? So. He doesn't. I, I, he doesn't seem like one. Now, like now, like with the Bill Cosby situation, I can believe that because that dude just seems like he's a power tripper. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. been in the game oh, a hundred yeah. years. You tell me once it's on a power trip, and he just never came across and, and, it as a power tripper. Bill Cosby too. Yeah, you know, Bill Cosby was on that on that bull because. Just, I, the reason why it's kind of hard for me to feel sorry for Cosby is just like you said, he, he he's on that power trip, and then how he sat there and ridiculed the black community. You know what I'm saying? I think you could tell when somebody is sitting up there cooning versus when somebody is really coming out, um, and you know, in a place yeah. of concern. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's yep. why it's kind of hard for me to feel sorry for Bill Cosby. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I don't, you know, if 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 the people are, I I just don't I just don't know I I just I just don't believe that he's totally innocent. But I don't I, I don't know. But I just think in this case, I just think that it's more to it, and we'll just have to wait to see where this where this goes. Right, and, because I um, feel like now <clears throat> I feel like now PBS owes. An explanation. 
Because if this went right. south, if this if this investigation went rogue, somebody gonna have to man up to it. Yeah, that's true. And I believe that Kevin so, Smiley ain't gonna rest until oh, the man's no, rogue. Smiley ain't no punk. He ain't no punk about his. You know what I'm saying? He gonna, You're he not coming for mouth. him. That's one thing about him. Yeah, you're not coming for him, and he's just going to sit back and be quiet. No. No, 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 no. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, we we haven't been on for a couple weeks, but that kind of, you know, stems into that, that situation with Matt Lauer. You know what I'm saying? But like, Oh, I believe when, that. When we're talking about that, that video. That, yeah, that, that's like that apples video? and oranges there. That, you said what? Did you see that video? Where the cameras were supposed to be, Matt Lauer. No, where they I, caught I him. That. They they caught him off camera. This lady, this uh, employee, was leaning over in front of him, and he looked up at her and he smiled and said, "Nice view. Keep leaning like that." Oh, I said what? I said, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> But check this out. They did not, he had the nerve to try to get try to get some what is it, thirty million dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to get get yeah, get the rest of his contract money or something like that. I said, Man, you you need to have several dang on seats. Like really have several damn seats. <laughs> have seats that have super glue like squirt it all in and so you, you can just sit there and, and, and just stew in your stupidity. How about that? Yeah, like, but how, like, how are you? I was even surprised. I said, I feel bad for his co-host because they were put in a situation to try to recognize him as a as a co-worker and as a friend, but also as a, a, a predator. And it was like they right. couldn't even get it together. <laughs> I don't know, but there, yeah. a lot of people say that that's kind of payback from uh, when, uh, what's her Ann name? Curry. She got what's her name fired. Um, yes, I can uh, Ann Curry. My head. Yeah, Ann Curry. Ann yeah, Curry. A lot of people feel that that's kind of yeah, they feel that that you know they, that's why it's kind of hard for people to feel sorry for him, and 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 just researching this man's history and all the stuff that's been coming out, man. I said this guy is a snake. Like you know, this dude's been carrying on these affairs with these other women. Like you know, what I'm saying, uh, and that's that's a lot of times a lot of people get this money, especially somebody like one of the highest paid like news reporters on TV. Like he was he was up there in the in the big leagues. And you know, right. a lot of times when people get to a certain uh, plateau, they feel like they become invincible and they can just do whatever the hell they want to do, and they don't mm-hmm. have to answer to anybody, and they don't have to reap any comp- uh, consequences behind their actions. And I think that this is just a prime example of that. So, uh, but honestly, I will say, I mean, you know, screwed up as this is. He really doesn't have anything to worry about as far I don't think as far as money. Like this man could pretty much retire if he wanted to, or he could probably go start his own uh uh platform if he wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 
you know, really it's not, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's not, not really detrimental. It's not detrimental because I I believe that, like you said, I believe Tavis Smiley has enough to be able to go off on his own and do his own thing without nobody having to back him. But yeah. it's just who wants to take that hit, you know what I'm saying? And you got and if you do run across somebody where you do need somebody and you got to constantly defend yourself. Yeah, that's true. And then the thing like about they, it is, they really you know, put him, they, they put him in a bad situation like that. And my thing is, if it comes out that this, you know, whoever these people are accusing him, I would, I'm pretty sure he would have a case because, you know, uh, he could probably go oh, after he's doing the screw out of them. <laughs> yeah, because you look at it like, even though, because his show is independently, you know what I'm saying? I guess like they picked his show up because he's like an independently his show's like independently produced. So he can right. go to another network. But my thing is, it's like, you know, in this climate that we're in now, people don't even want to touch anybody that's even been accused of that with a 10-foot pole. They don't even want to be linked with that. Like, you know, everybody's talking yeah. about this rape culture bullshit now. They're talking about all this, this bull crap. And a lot of people don't even want to be associated with anybody that has even been accused, whether it's rightfully or wrongfully, Accused of, and and you uh, you see that that was proven in Alabama. Alabama want to be so distanced from Roy Moore. Moore, it don't make no sense that ninety seven percent of African American women came out and voted. We didn't even have ninety percent of African Americans total that came out and voted for the election. But yeah. Alabama had ninety seven percent. And and I'm telling you, in that situation right there, man, that's a precursor of things to come in uh, 2018, I believe. Like, oh, yeah. I, you know, that I I just think that's just showing you, that's just like a forecast of things to come. The election, uh, midterm elections that's coming up in 2018, you know, and my thing is, is black folks, we're going to have to start leveraging our vote. And stop automatically thinking that these Democrats are going to have your best interest at heart. Because some of these Democrats are soft and soft serve ice cream. Because <laughs> my thing is, this is my thing. Like, why are y'all always wanting to get, you know, get in, get in here and uh, coddle these damn Republicans? You know, they don't want to. They're not trying to. to you know, they don't care about y'all feelings. They don't want to work with you. So why don't y'all get in there with your ad- agenda and, hey, if you if you on board, you on board. If not, we're going to do what we have to do regardless if you support us or not because that's what they do. Yep. They don't, they don't have any interest in trying to work with the Democrats, and they don't care about their agenda. So my thing is why is, every time you hear these Democrats, they always talk about, well, we're, we're going to work with these Republicans. We're gonna do-. These people have no interest in working with you. At all. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's gonna be I hope the Democrats if they do uh you know, if they if they get in the lead this year, I just hope that they take advantage of it. You know, if if we can't get him impeached, we if we can't get Trump impeached, just you know, you, the name of the game is just filibustering and and, and, and gridlocking everything that he tries to pass through. That's that's what you have to do. 
If they yep. were smart, that's what they would do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like they need they to get think, on codes. Yeah, they can't get their heads out of it, but long enough, they so busy, you know, focusing on what he's saying and what he's doing. No, screw what he's saying and what he's doing. Get that dude up out of there. <laughs> right. Um, we got right, a caller yeah. online, and I'm just gonna go to them. I'm gonna go to them briefly, and then we are gonna get um, because okay. I got a lot of other stories. But I want to see if they got anything to say really quick, and then we're gonna um continue our commentary. Um, caller seven two seven eight five one. Do you have a comment or question, or are you just listening at this point? A little bit of everything, guys. It's Steve. I'm calling from Orlando. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Guys, Hello, I'm Steve. trying to main. I'm trying to maintain in this land of haters. And first, let me uh, start by saying uh, my, my comments and questions are more about the Hollywood thing than the uh, political race in Alabama. But um, if I can right. digress a little bit and talk about that, um, you know, things have gotten so bad with these white folks molesting people in Hollywood. I started watching the Cosby show again. But what I really want to talk about <laughs> is this. It is so hard. It is. It is so – listen, I don't care what you guys say. Towards about season eight or nine, uh, Rudy's starting to look a little thick. But let's get back into the meat and potatoes of this. It is so difficult oh to get into Hollywood, to get a, a position in Hollywood, whether it's on TV, even as an extra in the movies, anything. It is very, 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 very difficult. But to get a speaking role in something like The Cosby Show or on House of Cards or in major motion pictures – is just unbelievable. Or to get on stage with a, a guy like Michael Jackson or The Who or whatever, and if all I have to do is give some white guy in Hollywood my butthole, I'm going to do it. I mean, if you got a job application, I'll put my dick on it. If all i got to do is let some yeah. guy like that suck me off, man, fuck it. I'm in. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, man. I'd blow you for a role in, you know, Martin. You feel me? So that's kind of what my take is. I really, really don't think it's that bad. Listen, if you gotta, if you got to get molested in a shower by some rich Jewish guy to get a role in the next Avatar movie, you know, let them boobies hang, bro. I mean, am I the only one that thinks that way? <laughs> I mean, it's a taboo way of thinking, but it's the reality of the beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The beast. Yeah, the beast is always out there. Well, I appreciate you guys letting me call in the show. And, and you know, I, I listen to you guys every once in a while. I'm here at work. I work at a daycare, but in the evening we watch uh, kids that uh, their parents are doing night classes and stuff. But, uh, hey, listen, um, the, mm-hmm. the lady on the show, what, what do you look like? You sound a little thick yourself. What, why don't you give us the tail of the ah! tape? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I bet you. I already got a mental picture. Yeah, I got a mental picture. You are probably super dark. You know, you got your real hair because you got a little Indian in you. And I could just tell that, you know, that. Ow, 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 ow. Let me ask you this, brother. Like, let me, I just want to know, what, what, what's, your, what's your ethnicity? I, I, I just got to know because I know y'all down there in, the, in Orlando. I just, and I know you around all, you know, all, all the chicas and all the sisters. I'm just curious to know. What, what's your eth- ethnic background? I just got to know this. Well, actually, it's funny you should say that. Um, I'm African American, and um, All right. I get that a lot. But but well, but I'm from South Africa, so if you're asking, I'm really a white oh, guy. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm not African American. You feel me? I still get my ass. Well, I still get my ass whipped by the cops when <laughs> I get pulled over. So, 
Man, I wish Jr. was on here right now. Cause I know y'all. Who? I know if you listen to the show, sometimes we have a caller on here. One of my commentators, Jr. You and him yes. are just as crazy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what I thought it was. I thought it was Jr. You but probably I, I just, not I seen the seven seven area coast. So I said it couldn't be Jr. So I said, but yeah. I really want to thank you and just uh, and you know just appreciate the fact that you listen to us and support us, man. Anytime you want to call in, you know, and, you know, throw a little flavor into the conversation, you're more than welcome. I really appreciate you engaging the conversation, and you did bring up a good point. Like I was saying at the beginning of the broadcast, I don't think that half of these cases have anything to do with these being people being assaulted. Like, girl, you laid down, you decided that you wanted to use your breast, you wanted to use your low-out mouth and, and, and your behind to get ahead, and you did that. And I think it backfires a lot of times because a lot of people have this misconception. Okay, if I get in, I can get my foot in the door if, you know, I, I get, you know, suck off the right person or, or screw the right person. Yeah. And it, I think a lot listen. of times it backfires, it backfires, and, and, and then now they want to cry right because you've been you've been violated and you you you, you the cookie monster that came and stole your cookies right and your cookie jar is empty now and now you mad that's 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 that's, that's what right. that's that's the tea there so well listen I will I, let I'm you guys you go call her because I think that's the truth okay I appreciate yeah, it for calling I will let you guys go big difference between okay, me and the we'll caller that you big well big difference between me and the caller that you mentioned earlier what was his name again JR. JR. Yeah, about $250 a month in Snap card, guys. I'm out. <laughs> you know what? That I can't take with your callers tonight. Man, I can't take with your callers. You, this is the thing about our show. You don't know who's going to call in. We, we, I'm going to tell you, that's why I tell people. I said people listen to this show. Like I thought, like last week, I don't know if you went back and listened to the broadcast last of not last week, but the last show we did, we had a person from Atlanta calling. And uh-huh. like, they gave us some really good insight about the entertainment industry down there. And they were just talking about how a lot of people, you know, uh, feel that you have to groom uh, people. And it's, 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 a, it's a really competitive market down there. And he was saying it's really not what you, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's just a situation that's getting out of control. And did you hear about the allegations with Russell Simmons? Oh, I know Mr. Feng Shui himself. I said, now nah, he down yeah. there tapping the cookies. <laughs> Maybe Mr. he didn't Play have one, day. not two, not one, not two, but three women have came out and said not just sexually misconduct, they said all-out rape. Yeah, they said I rape. Said- I said, not Mr. Prey all the time. I said, uh-uh. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to find I said, I know his now. brother. I know his brother is dying. <laughs> I know uh, his I'm brother is like, this. oh, what you done got us into? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find this article. I must have closed it, but I was... um. Uh, I was going to get into the specifics of that. Well, I'm going to get back to um, Russell Simmons because, like, I mean, I'm telling you, 
I don't know, and I don't want to throw the race into but these black men are getting too comfortable. Some of them are getting too comfortable. They've made money, and now yep. they're in a situation to where they feel that they can do everything. And I hate to say this, you can't do everything that white people do. You can't you do sure everything can. they, they do. And, and, and y'all sitting up here because something that you would do, they do that would, would seem petty would be two, ten times worse if they do it. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to bump it up like something that would be like a petty, you know, a little misdemeanor. They're going to bump it up to a damn felony. So you really the, have to the worst thing that we still we still have a slave mentality when it comes down to white men and black men. We still have a slave mentality because a white man will almost be okay with another white man raping or assaulting a woman. But mm-hmm. if an African American or another ethnicity punctures one of they, you know, Caucasian sweethearts, it's all out war. Right. And they you know, they already still got the they still got the misconception and I tell them all the time, honey, let me tell you, just because he black don't mean he big. Don't let that fool you. You know what I'm saying? They still got that misconception in their head. Well, ooh, he he big and black, so that means you know what I'm saying, he packing. Sometimes they ain't <laughs> But you know, a lot of people want to live out that they a lot of these, especially, you know, some of these white people, that's why I'm not, obviously I'm not against interracial dating, but you always have to go into it with the side eye because there's, there's genuinely some people out there that love and accept you for who you are and they not, your race don't mean anything to them. Like, like you know what I'm saying? They love you for who you are. But right. you have to get into, if you get into an interracial relationship, you really need to go into it knowing what that other person's mindset is. Because a lot of these people, and I'm going to say keep it real, because you know we keep it real on this show. A lot of these people want to get into this gutter sex or this this this, uh, this fantasy slave master and slave mistress role bullshit. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something now. It's not even just the the, the black men and, and the white women, like, you know, they view the black men as sexual bucks and stuff like that, which that, that's a whole history within itself, how the men were, they were trained and they were used as sex bucks, like, you know, sexual bucks that, you know, that were used to breed um, slaves, yep. you know. But, you know, and they ain't even talking about the, the white men and the, and, and the black women, like some of them, which we call bed winters, that will, Go after these 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 um white men, but dog brothers though. But yep. you have to look at it from this 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 perspective too. During slavery, the the black man was also demas emasculated. You know what I'm saying? Because exactly, um, a lot of them were raped. They were broken down, and even I see even in the gay community, I'm also gonna be real. I'm going to keep it real tonight. You have a lot of white men that will mess around with black dudes. Now, they'll mess around with them on the low, get around their friends, act like they don't mess with them, whatever. But they'll actually seek black men because they have this penis envy and they want to get dick down the big dick. You see what I'm saying? So we have to look at this from a historical, um, you know, in order to – you know, analyze what's going on 
presently, we have to look at it from a historical point of view. So yep. we uh, that's why you see a lot of these black men that just they fall victim to the white ping or the white vagina or whatever persuasion you are. But like I said, am I against interracial relationships? Obviously not because I'm in one, but my thing is I don't deal with somebody simply because they say, ooh, I love black men. I don't – them are the main ones you better be careful about. Yep. You, you better be careful the ones that actively search out black men because it's a fetish to them, and they're looking at you as a sexual object. Yep. That's exactly what so, it is. It's just, okay, it, it, we're going to move on. Go ahead. I said, yeah, it just, it amazes me about that that we still have that going on, you know. It 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 really just kind of baffles me with that. I'm like, really, are we still? <laughs> I, I said, we still infatuated with the black body. I said, some people. I said, we some of us is is, is lacking on what they believe is supposed to be, you know, this God given. No, some of them ain't got it. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. That's eight, you know. I don't know what's going on with us as a community today. Like, you know, um, it kind of leads me into that situation about that that young boy cheating. You, you, did you hear about that that young white kid that said he was? Uh, you know what? Bully. I've seen that, and I was like. I believe the boy, but I believe the parents took his situation and and it, uh, what do you call it? Um, boy did it. Yeah. They tried to capitalize off of his misery and, and pain. Because he seems like he has uh, either a developmental delay or some type of you know disability, and I really believe that they exploited that child. Yeah, they did. Um, I got a a quick, like a uh, a minute and a half clip that's outlining this situation from ComplexNews.com. We're going to get back into it, and then I got some more receipts I want to present to the audience about his parents. Um, Because TMZ did some digging on um, both of the parents' social media pages, and we're going to talk about what they found after we come back from this uh, clip. What's up? Frazier here for Complex News, and I don't really know about this whole Keaton story, guys. This shit is more twist than a movie, and the movie that seems most analogous right now might be American History X. That's because after getting forensic on Keaton's mom, Kim, there's now new info on his dad, and it paints an even more troubling picture of the Jones family. Basically, Keaton's dad, aptly named Sean White, is a white supremacist. Truly, first the Confederate flags, now this, you can't make this shit up. Sean's ideologies have surfaced thanks to his Facebook, which contains memes that leave little room for other interpretations. I mean, sure, holy f**k, I love being white, might just be putting on for the family name. You never know, we shouldn't jump to conclusions. Oh wait, this one says Aryan pride. Never mind. And here are some pics of Sean showing off his tats that underline the message. Up top on that bird chest, there's pure breed, and on the beer belly we have white pride. All these posters circa 2014 because this prince has been locked up in Tennessee Knox County Jail since 2015. 
Apparently, he's in there on a probation violation related to an aggravated assault conviction in 2012. He's set to be released next year. As for his relationship to Keaton and the rest of the family, he last posted a pic with them in early 2015. But lockup does tend to lead to some unavoidable estrangement, and it appears he and Kim never married, hence Keaton being a Jones. Now, again, none of this takes away from the main issue Keaton tried to highlight in his message. But it does call into question things like, say, his mom saying the Confederate flag pics were in jest, and continues to blur what Kim's true motives were in posting this video in the first place. And overall, it just messes up this whole thing from being a clean-cut, heartwarming, holiday human interest story. I'm sure more developments will come. In the meantime, keep it locked to Complex on YouTube. For Complex, I'm Frazier. Alright. Yeah, I, I really think that the mother, I think she Yeah, she she's she flipped her noodle on this one. Yeah, it's 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 some it's some shady stuff. Cause after this I'm on we're gonna talk about I got another topic that we're gonna talk about this, but we're gonna talk about how you know, because I I see the hypocrisy in this situation on, on how society View stuff, and, and even with these black entertainers, how they're so quick to cake for other groups that they don't cake for their own. We'll talk about that in a minute. But about this situation here, there's a lot of layers of this story that uh, have been peeled back. See, there's yeah. an article where they they investigated the mother's background and the father's background, and um, as far as his father. Uh, he's currently doing time in prison. Right. And they said that he is a openly, he's not even a white supremacist. He's not a suspected white supremacist. He is an actual self-claiming white supremacist. Right. And on this article they have, uh, it's called Keaton Jones' Father's White Supremacist Doing Time. This was written on the 13th, so this was this came out yesterday, fresh off the press. And it says social media pages belong to Keaton Jones' estranged father, which means that he's pretty much not in this child's life. Right. Um, are littered with white supremacy propaganda, although he hasn't posted in a while uh, because he's locked up in a Tennessee jail. Father's name is Sean White, and his Facebook features multiple memes saying, like, holy fuck, I love being white. Keep calm and be white pride and Aryan pride. Um, and then they had this picture. They showed the picture where he's showing off all these tattoos um, on his body. And the memes were found all posted in 2014. There's also selfie um, profile pic that shows Sean shirtless with pure breed tatted on his chest and white pride on his stomach. He has um, neck ink that reads CWB, which means a common abbreviation for a gang called Crazy White Boy. According to the documents obtained by TMZ, the white team, I mean the white, white's been in Knox County Jail since May of 2015. He's locked up on probation violations related to a 2013 aggravated assault conviction and scheduled to get out in 2018. So um, it continues to say it's unclear 
what, if any relationship Sean has with Keaton, he has posted a pic with Keaton and his sister in January 2015. We didn't find any record of Sean marrying Kimberly Jones, and obviously Keaton has his mom's last name. Sean's white supremacy posts are interesting in the light of Kimberly's Confederate flag, flag post, which she downplayed as ironic and funny. Now, let me stop here. What's funny about the Confederate flag? Like, you look at that back flag, that is a treasonous flag. And in, in just the history behind that flag should should let you know that, you know, this that that is nothing that should even be joked at. A lot of these um, governments have taken down this flag because of the flag history and what it stands for. It is definitely and it's just not that they said that she helped. Huh? I said it's definitely a fast way to get your ass kicked. Right. And that's the problem. And I'm just gonna say this allegedly. I've heard this I've heard this um on um, on several blogs or you know people talking about the the story they they claimed that the boy was being bullied he wasn't being bullied just because of whatever they said that the boy was going around calling other kids a racial slur and I'm not saying that justifies anything but my thing is it's like if this is true then maybe the parents should be teaching their kids how to keep their mouth shut and be respectful towards other people too. If you don't want to get mm-hmm. your ass whooped, I'm just saying if that is the case. Right now, I don't agree with any child being bullied, but if you're being bullied yourself and you you can't cash in them damn receipts, then you can't get on camera trying to victimize yourself. You can't do that. And right. to me, like you know, I think that the mother did this. She knew that her kid was a, you know, cash cow, and she wanted to take advantage of this situation because they said this boy done got tickets from to go see different sporting events. He done got all kind of just, like, all these material possessions. They said that the GoFundMe account that she opened up got nearly $60,000, and it's just really sad that that she's using this child to get ahead. That's that's all she's doing. And to I, me, exactly. it's, it's messed up. It, you know, it's, to me, because I think it's messed up that you have all these black celebrities that have came out and supported this child, like people like D.L. Hughley, which I'm starting to think, you know, he he's kind of a coon. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, yeah. Because this, this has situation has kind of revealed who he Huh? He has his moment. Like, one yeah. in one situation, he supports the black community, but then in a whole nother breath, like he's he's out shucking and jiving. It's like, okay, dude, I'm gonna need for you to pick a team. Right. Yeah, because he's kind of bothering me on this situation. Like, you want to bring Christianity in, and you want to talk about this, that, and the other, and as, as, as well as these other. Black celebrities. That's why I put that post up the other day. I said, y'all killed me, somebody else's community. But when you have young black kids committing suicide in your own community, you have young black um, boys and women 
in men getting shot down by these police officers, a.k.a. race soldiers, none of you guys have anything to say. A lot of you guys don't even want to touch it with a damn 10-foot pole. And that's the thing. It's like I didn't see – I think it was one one maybe music celebrity, I think, that stepped up and paid for the little girl's funeral. I think that's what right. happened. I'm not for sure. But it was like nobody else – like if they did it, they did it quietly, which is fine, you know, because I'm one of them type of people that I'm not going to – bash you if you're actively in the community, whether you do it openly mm-hmm. or you do it behind the scenes, it's going to come out one way or the other. Right. You know what I'm saying? But for nothing, for anything, you not your name not even to be mentioned in something, don't come to me talking about we need to do X, Y, and Z when you're not doing it. Right. That was my biggest situation. That was my biggest problem with this whole situation. You know what I'm saying? I just I feel sad for that, that young boy. I don't know if the claims of him saying racial slurs to other kids are true. That's one thing I have not been able to verify, but I'm just saying allegedly. That's why I said allegedly. But I'm just saying if he, he did, then I'm not justifying him being bullied, but you can't bully other people and then get upset when people come back at you. You can't do that. Yep. But the angle that I'm taking with this story is these people are so openly racist, and y'all have, like, all this this negative shit to say and to think about black people. But the black people are the main ones supporting your child. See, yep. you, 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 you are white supremacist, but when them black people start writing them checks, start giving you giving your child and giving you all, all these, you know, um, you know, all these perks and benefits, then you don't you don't want to turn it down. Yep. And see, that's the thing about us. We are always getting played. We are always getting played as a group of people. So, right. you know, that's why that's I said right. people have to be careful who they support, and you have to be careful not to jump on the bandwagon without doing your research about situations because you don't know what's going on. Like, a lot of times we don't know what's going on. I said, and, and, and if it wasn't for people digging in this woman's background and going back and seeing all these these controversial uh, uh, um, posts that she's putting up on social media, that's why I said social media will get your ass in trouble every time. It, it's like a two edged sword. If you, every it, time. It, it can help you out, but it can burn you. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that situation. I hear that's that's a big thing that's going on in the news right now, um, which leads me to another story I wanted to talk about. Did you hear about that woman? And there was a video that this was like a week or two ago, and I wanted to talk about it then, but I didn't have time to do a show. But I said I'm gonna talk about it on the next show I do because I, I, you know, I'm not gonna let this one go. Did you did you see that video of that white woman that got on um did a video talking about how she is proud to use the uh welfare system and how she uh-huh. how she says that honey, she said this woman had a nice sweater on. She she bragged about having these coach chains. She says um, the government will give you a free 
free smartphone. She said, I don't even need this phone, but I'm just showing y'all this. And then the heifer had the nerve to take her fucking skank, excuse my language, y'all, to take her behind to the market and buy a dang on lobster at Publix. She, she said, I don't even, he, she said, I don't even eat this shit. But I'm just going to show you how easy it is to, to buy a lobster. I'm going to buy this lobster and feed it to my dog. <laughs> I, I, I want you to listen to this. I want y'all, I want y'all to listen to how screwed up these people are. But these are the same people that will talk about black women being the welfare queen and how we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. But they are the main beneficiaries of welfare, and we're going to talk about that in a minute because I have an article. I'm going to come with y'all with some receipts because y'all think I'm playing about this topic tonight, and I'm not playing with this topic tonight. We're going to, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give y'all these receipts, baby. So we're going to go mm-hmm. to this uh, clip real quick. I want y'all to hear this wench. I want, y'all to, I want y'all to hear what she's saying to y'all because y'all always want to talk about the black woman or the Hispanics being on welfare. But it's these these tired ass pathetic low life white women that are on it, and then they want to put y'all in shame for using the system when y'all need it. So I want y'all to listen to this, and I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. Okay. What's up, Fraser here for Complex. I'm sorry, just saying that. Wait a minute. Give me a second, y'all. Mm-hmm. Hope I downloaded this. I think I did. Y'all need to hear this. That's why I said it. And if it, it, the numbers show it, though, that's why I never understood yeah. why it's such a big stink about the welfare system when the ones that's bitching and complaining about it, the people that look like y'all are the ones that's getting it. Mm-hmm. All right, here, here's the clip. Here's the clip right here. It's okay. only like a minute and 39 seconds, so we're going to go through this real quick. All right. I bought it for the fucking video. I don't want this shit to disgust me. I used to like lobster, but I can't eat it now. I went and I bought a fucking live lobster with my coupons. Why are you allowed to buy a live lobster with your coupons? So I picked out the biggest, fucking juiciest one. So think of people like that cashier, right? So she'd have to work at least an hour and a fucking half. To, she ha- this is an hour and a half of her time for me to buy this so I can make a fucking YouTube video. That- Thank you. The, her taxes paid, like, these, these people's taxes paid for this. It's like, they're fucking, they can barely afford to fucking feed themselves. And their taxes are going for people to buy fucking <laughs> lobster <laughs> with their food stamps. She's got a fucking flip phone. She probably it gets shut off all the time. She can't even fucking afford to pay her bill, right? The government, so this is just my normal phone, right? I don't need another phone. The government gave me a fucking free smartphone. This is what minimum wage people's taxes are going for. This is my this is my coach keychain. This these three keychains here, they cost more than those minimum wage people's fucking car payments. These three keychains cost more than that fucking car payment. Well, actually, most of them don't even have fucking cars. They're using fucking public transportation. And you can just sit on your ass. I'm on Social Security for depression. Depression is a disability. So if you're too depressed to work full-time, apply for Social Security. So this is what the minimum wage people will pay for. It's for me to give lobster to my fucking dog 
and make a YouTube video about it mocking them. Y'all to hear that real quick. So that's that's a lot right there. In the system right now. This is what's going on right now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, you back? Yeah, okay, I can hear you. Okay, okay. I'm back. Okay. I think I accidentally hit airplane mode on. Okay, all right, I got it. Um, so this is what's really going on in the system. Like, this woman really made this video to manage uh, the welfare system. Um, so what is what, what are your initial thoughts about what we just heard? Uh, it 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 doesn't it doesn't surprise me though because I mean that's just kind of the um the way it goes. It's like they just I don't know they they can just say and do whatever and run around and you know badmouth everybody else about doing the exact same thing, but there's you know there's no recourse behind it. They just and, and what's so messed up about it is a lot of people, a lot of these people are on these benefits. They a lot, and a lot of a lot of them will commit welfare fraud. These people they have been white millionaires. Yeah, have scammed the government out of thousands and thousands of dollars of food stamps. And my thing is, what do you need food stamps for? And you you're a millionaire. And that's why I said, these people right here, man, they should throw those book at people like that. You have to be a low-lifed, greedy pig of a you, – I can't call you a human to do something like that. And then you have regular working-class people that need the assistance. Like people that just can't make their ends meet. They're trying to work. They're trying to take care of their mm-hmm. kids. And they can't even get benefits because they make too much money. I mean, they, they write up at the poverty level, and they still won't give them anything. But you got these people that are millionaires and that are somehow getting these benefits. It's sickening to me. Yep, it, um, it baffles me. But, and, and, you know, uh, that leads me to this article that I found. Um, so I want to see, get, get the 411 on, like, what's going on with, uh, who 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 is the biggest beneficiary of government benefits? You know what I'm saying. And this article mm-hmm. by the Washington Post answers that question, and it says that working class whites are the biggest beneficiaries of government safety net programs. Yep. Uh, this article was written earlier this year by Tracy Jan. So uh, this is a current article dealing with this issue in 2017. Um, working class whites are the biggest beneficiaries of federal poverty reduction programs, even though blacks and Hispanics have substantially higher rates of profit to be released Thursday by the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. Government assistance um, and tax credits lifted 6.2 million working class whites out of poverty in 2014, more than any other racial or ethnic demographic. Half of all working-age adults without college degrees are lifted out of poverty by safety net programs are white. Nearly a quarter are black and a fifth are Hispanic. Whites without a college degree are the biggest, largest group of 
people lifted out of poverty by the government safety net. And I guess they had this chart where it kind of breaks it down. Um, they had the whites at two, well, 6.2 million, blacks at 2.8 million, 4 million, and other ethnic groups come in at 700,000. And this story mm-hmm. comes from the Center uh, on Budget and Policy Parties um, analysis of the Census Bureau data. Um, so I just came from that, that institution. Um, the result does not simply reflect the fact that these are more white people in the country. The percentage of otherwise poor whites listed from poverty by government safety net programs is higher at 44% compared to 35% of other other poor minorities, uh, the study concluded. Among working class minorities, blacks also benefit from government programs with 43% of otherwise poor blacks being lifted from poverty by the safety net. Only 28% of otherwise poor Hispanics were lifted from poverty by these programs. Um, there's a perception out there that the safety net is for only minorities, which we know that's a lot. While it's right. very important to minorities because they have higher poverty rates and face barriers that lead to lower earnings, it's quite important to whites, particularly white working class people, said Isaac Shapiro, a senior fellow at Center on Budget and Policy Priorities and one of the report's authors. Um, Center on Budget Policy Priorities, a left-leaning think tank in Washington, analyzed work-age, non-college-educated adults, beneficiaries of more than a dozen governmental benefits, including food stamps, welfare, housing subsidies, tax credits, home energy assistance, school lunch programs, and Social Security. Without the government programs, 24% of whites were poor compared to 43% of blacks and 36% of Hispanics. After the programs, 13% of whites were poor compared to 24% of blacks and 26% of Hispanics. Um, uh, okay, this is, a, this, is, this is where I want to get down to. Working class whites drawn to President Trump. Check this out. Working class whites drawn to President Trump's campaign may be particularly hard hit by the policies of the Trump administration and congressional Republicans, Shapiro said, including the push to dismantle President Obama's health care reform law and changing the way food stamps and other programs for the poor administered. The safety net appears to be even more critical, he said, in a state where a large share of working-class whites, including the previously blue states of Wisconsin, Iowa, and Ohio, have flipped to Trump in 2016. So, in essence, what's that? What what is that saying? That's saying that these people, a lot of these these white people that are so hard pressed about minorities benefiting from these programs are the main beneficiaries of these programs, and these are the same people that voted for Trump. And you know Trump's stance on things, he's cutting everything now. Yeah. To where a lot of these kids, a lot of their children that benefit from these programs are not going to have any health care um, insurance or anything else in this upcoming year. You know what I'm saying? A lot, of these, think- a lot of these programs and stuff are running dry. The resources are running dry. And 
they were the ones that voted against their own best interests. Exactly, and that's what it's going to take. Everybody's going to be all in a tizzy when what they thought what wasn't going to affect them starts knocking on their door. And then it's going right. to be, oh, no, we need this, we need that. I bet you do. And that's why I just I wanted to play that, that talk about that because I've been wanting to talk about that, and then I found that article. I said, man, this is exactly what is going on right now. And a lot of these, these white people, they wanted to vote in his administration. You know, they, they were bamboozled, and they were swindled out of their vote. Because yep. he was talking that 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 racist rhetoric. Now you guys are seeing that he really played you, and that's, sure that's, that's, that's what it is. Yep, he sure did. He, he played them smooth on out their little pocket. <laughs> mhm. Okay, let me see what we need to go to next. I got a couple more stories I want to get done. Now we talked about we talked about Amarosa, right? We we didn't talk about her yet. Did we, we? we 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 got on and we started on it for a minute, but we we got on to the juicier stuff because you know okay. Amarosa ain't real. She All ain't right, real juicy. Talk, right? Okay. Yeah, let me talk about that real quick. And I think I got a um, you know, tonight I'm coming with these receipts, so I got these clips for y'all tonight. Miss um, <laughs> April, let me see. Woman, I'm gonna get her name right. Miss April Ryan, you know, a lot of y'all have seen her. Uh, you know, she she does a lot of the. Uh, she's a journalist and she's an author. She's one of the White House correspondents. She did an interview. I think was it on Fox. But she did an interview on one of these major networks talking about what happened because she she witnessed this because she works in the White House. She's seen what happened. When uh, Amarosa was kicked out of the White House, and you know, of course, let Amarosa tell her she wasn't kicked out because she's a woman that she has to save face, and she, she, you know, she's too dignified to, to put herself out there, um, you know, in the truth. But Miss April Ryan, she did a uh, interview outlining what actually happened. Uh-huh. And I'm about to play that real quick and then we're gonna come back and then I'm gonna I'm gonna read to y'all what Amarosa said versus what Miss April said. Uh, April Okay. I hope I even Well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna um, play. I'm gonna see if I can play. I'm, I'm gonna see if y'all can, if you can hear this. Uh, let me know if you can hear this. If now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something real quick. But I don't think that it's okay. uploaded on here. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching her little shuck and jive today on on the on the TV mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. 
She showed up. I want y'all to believe yeah, she got kicked out. Mm-mm. No. Amorosa does not yeah. get kicked out. <laughs> oh, no. She, she is a lady. Dignified, she wanted a dignified <laughs> house slave. <laughs> oh no, she 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 ain't getting no more scraps at the master's table. She ain't about to have that. She don't want y'all to believe that. I looked at them interviews. I said, "Girl, you got kicked out. They let you work the end of your shift, and then they told you you were fired. Good night." <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, while we're waiting on that, I'm just going to I'm gonna read you Amarosa's um, statement, and then we're gonna get back to what she said because I don't know what's going on. Um, she wrote this is from CNN. They said that Amarosa denies that there was a dramatic confrontation at the White House. Uh, this was written by Dan America, and this was actually released today. Um. Uh, Omarosa Manigal Newman, the White House aide whose resignation was announced on Wednesday, denied reports that she left the White House after a dramatic confrontation with White House Chief Staff John Kelly. Speaking with ABC on Thursday morning, the former reality television star claimed that she resigned after a conversation with Kelly in the Situation Room and did not confront him doing a White House. Uh, White House Christmas party to try to get into the White House residence to ask President Donald Trump about her dismissal. Um, Newman repeated, repeatedly denied reports of dramatic confrontation between Kelly, calling them 100% false. The United States Secret Service, in a surprisingly moved um, surprising move on Wednesday evening also denied the reports that they physically escorted her out of the White House. Reporting regarding to the Secret Service personnel physically removing Amarosa from the White House complex is incorrect, the Secret Service Twitter account tweeted. The Secret Service was not involved in the termination process of Ms. Newman or the or escorted off the complex. Our only involvement in this matter was to deactivate the individual's pass, which granted access to the complex. And I guess they had the uh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Okay. U.S. Secret Service, this is their Twitter uh, account. They said, reporting regarding Secret Service personnel physically removing Amarosa Manigault Newman from the White House complex is incorrect. 
The Secret Service was not involved in the termination process of uh, Miss Newman or the escorted her off the complex. Our only involvement in this manner was to deactivate the individual's pass which grants access to the complex. But girl, you still you still got bumped down though. Newman claimed on ABC that she still had access to parts of the White House and that deactivating her pass only applied to a small portion of the complex. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders announced on Wednesday that Manigault Newman, one of Trump's most high-profile African-American supporters, would resign her role as a top communications official at the White House of Public Liaison and leave on January 20, 20, 2018, one year to the day after Trump took office. Sanders said that Thursday, Manigault Newman would be the White House be at the White House. Hey cousin, day, I need I need to jump time. offline. I need to jump offline real quick. I'll jump back on in about ten minutes. Okay then. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, we're gonna continue this. I lost my place. Okay. Um, when asked why Manigault Newman was staying on the payroll at the expense of the taxpayers, even if she's leaving in January, Sanders dodged that and says that she is not privy to the different protocols that take place in, in the government. Trump, who once famously fired her on his NBC show, The Apprentice, tweeted praise for Manigault Newman on Wednesday and thanked her for her service. The president declined to weigh in on her departure at the White House on Thursday, but reiterated his praise. I like Amarosa, Trump said. Amarosa is a good person. But Manigault Newman's time in the White House had been wearing on many, according to multiple sources who tell CNN that her departure was a long time coming. Though she predicated, no, she predated Kelly in the administration, sources said that the retired Marine general took over in July her role and began to feel ill-defined. They showed her the door because she was not performing, the source with knowledge said, adding that Manigault Newman never made it to the residence during her conversation with Kelly, but did suggest that she wanted to appeal to Trump. It was her loyal friendship with Trump, something that was fostered during the 2016 campaign that kept her there for longer than anyone expected, one source added. Manigault Newman did, did hint at the conflict with Kelly in her ABC interview calling his style military, militaristic and saying that she stands out because she's the only African-American woman at the table. She also suggested that some in the White House were jealous of her access to Trump. Certainly, I had more access than most people had problems with that, Newman said. People had problems with my 14-year relationship with this president but I have always been loyal to him. Um, Newman last traveled with Trump to the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum in Jackson on Saturday. But according to the White House officials, Manigault Newman had no access to Trump for months and was considered to be a nonstop problem in the West Wing. Both Kelly and former chief of staff, uh, Reyonce Priebus, wanted to let Manigault Newman go, a former White House 
official told CNN, adding that many in the White House had little idea what she did. Many of her colleagues are elated by today's news. The former official act, in a nod to the possible future book deal, Menegault Newman hinted that she had a dramatic tale to tell about the first year in the Trump White House. There were a lot of things I observed during the last year, and I was very unhappy with it. Um, And I was uncomfortable with it, she said. Things that I observed, that I heard, and I listened to. She declined to explain or expand upon them because she is technically still an employee of the White House. When I have to tell my story, Michael, um, and it's quite a story to tell. I have seen things that have made me uncomfortable, that have upset me, that have affected me deeply and emotionally, that have affected my community and my people. And when I can tell my story, it's a profound story that the world will want to hear. Sanders said Thursday that the ABC interview was the quote, quote unquote, first time she has heard issues like that raised. Whether she raised those with other individuals, I'm not aware. I know she regularly brought up specific issues when they were talked about in a meeting, and we addressed them at lunchtime. So that was the end of that. Okay, I'm back. Hello? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Um. I don't know. I, I really feel that she probably did see some stuff while she was in there um, in that White House. And I, I think that she probably had her wake-up call to a lot of stuff when she was in there. I, I You know, I really think that... Oh, I definitely, uh, I, de- I definitely believe that. I believe what happened was she realized she wasn't officially invited to the table. Right, and when she and when she realized she, how you when she realized she wasn't invited to the table, oh, it became a problem. Yeah, because why yeah. are you now? What? Yeah, because why are you now quitting less than a year? Like, would you all you claim everything okay, is okay, but you stepping down from a position like that? And here's the thing: that was a made-up position. Yeah. They they made that up. We like don't give you like a position. Everybody else's position. It, it, yeah, while he's trying to get all his cronies on, he's making up shit. Yeah, we we don't give you this little position because you know you feel like that. You know we pals and stuff. We we buddies. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm gonna tell you, you the personal relations person, i.e. the person to talk to the black people. Right. <laughs> Long as you do your part, long as you do your part, yeah, the the stipulations of that job was as long as you keep the niggas in line, excuse my French, but as long as you keep the niggas in line, you got a job. That's just like what's name on the movie Life. He said, tell them about the gun line, boss. (laughs) I'm here to keep y'all in line. Y'all get out of line, I get to shoot you. And and that's why we I said, man, I said, it, it, it's no different than the slave, the overseer. Yeah. Well, who was that in the movie? In the movie Roots, Fiddler. What was Fiddler's job? Uh-huh. Keep the niggas in line. 
Right. He he told Coach, he said, you're going to get me killed if you don't stop this running mess in your head. <laughs> now, Master told me to keep you in line. It's still going on. Yeah, 2017 is still going on. It ain't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> That's one, of the why, I, I, yes. that's one of the reasons why I believe, even though she's kind of like out of our league, and I don't necessarily say that she distanced herself from the African-American community. I think she embraces it as comfortably as she can, and that's Oprah. Right. She's not too high up there to where she's untouchable. But she ain't quite, you know, ground level. That's what she got Gail for. Right. Gail, Gail is her Let ground you, level like, person. Would you compare her to a Stacey Dash? Would you Would you compare her to a Stacey Dash? Who's that? Amarosa. You think her and yeah. Stacey Dash are on the same level? Exactly. You think so? Black people are good enough as long as it benefits them. Like her saying, oh, well, I saw stuff that affected my people. Girl, you ain't said my people since you was on The Apprentice. The black people, we we will trade Amarosa for any white person in America during the next draft. We ain't taking her on our team. We didn't pick her. <laughs> That's true. But she was talking about my Steve people. Harvey, like Steve Harvey to go in and speak for black people. Remember at the beginning of the year when Trump yeah. first got the office, they had Steve Harvey going in trying to speak for black people. Oh, okay, he clearly don't speak for the people. Got his shit together. Let me tell you something. Steve Harvey ain't even got his shit together after he did what he done did to his ex-wife and how he done drug her through the mud. Yeah, he did her. He ain't no family. He ain't got no man. Steve Harvey is is a is a straight up devil. That's what I said. I just, you know, I look at people like that, and I'm going, who who gave these people the, the right to be our spokesperson? Like, really? Right. I'd rather have Al Sharpton be our spokesperson. You ain't going to get, get somebody that, yeah, you ain't, you ain't going to get no, you ain't going to get no uh, Jesse Jackson, no Al Sharpton, or nobody else. Or right, because my thing is this. If I had to choose between Al Sharpton and Amarosa being our spokesperson for the people, I'll take Al Sharpton. It's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, that's true. Because I really, I believe that I don't care what nobody say. Al Sharpton get his bread buttered on both sides. Oh yeah. He knows just enough to say. And, and that's and that's the thing about these people and. Um, Black media, you know, that's why a lot of black, like a lot of black people, are now starting to do independent media because now you look at uh, a lot of these so-called uh, news outlets like TV One and BET and even the platforms that 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 uh, Sharpton is on, they're controlled by white people. They got white people behind them putting money lining them pockets up. The agenda, you gonna find yourself. Damn, you gonna find yourself getting the boot somehow. And I, I kind of wanted to examples what happened with Tavis Smiley too. Is this something on the like inside job? 
to get rid rid of them because if you're not speaking the 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 rhetoric that they want you to speak and you get too far radical or get out of line and you start challenging white supremacy, that's when a lot of this stuff is coming up on these two because now you got Roland Martin that's being kicked off. Now you have Tavis Smiley. Um, it, it's it's yeah it's it's now it seems like when you when you really start challenging white supremacy and these white people in in these suspected white supremacists are in in the pockets of these organizations and they funding these organizations or they are on these boards, then you really can't speak truth to power. You know, as it relates to issues in, in, involving your community, you can't do that. Right. Well, I said, go back to the the Bill Cosby situation. As long as Bill Cosby was just staying low profile, you know, living out his golden years, you know, and just being cool, didn't nobody have a whole lot to say. But then when he started using his money to do what it's supposed to do, and that's making more money, he started trying to, you know, okay, I'm going to put my hat in the ring. I'm about to buy NBC. They were like, whoa, wait a minute. Right. When, when did you get that kind of money that you can even think that you're about to put a bid in to buy this major corporation? And you know what? And I forgot about that, too. He was, yeah. I did forget about that. He was trying to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she didn't hit the fan until until his money started coming into play. They were like, whoa, wait a minute. This man is actually, he got some money, and he's trying to come for what we got. As long as he was doing the pro-black Cosby show in a different world and all these other, and doing his little stand-up comedy and, you know, being funny and all this stuff, they knew what he was doing. But it didn't bother them. Yeah. I'm surprised. But now here comes this rich. Try to come for Oprah yet? No, because see, Oprah did something smart. See, Cosby went after an already established environment. Yeah, that's, that's where he went wrong at. Oprah said, "Watch this. I'm about to beat y'all at your own game. I'm about to make my own." And you can't tell me what I can and can't do with it because it's mine. And now she's running. She's running neck and neck with major corporations right now. (laughs) Yep. And then I I don't see. I don't see it ending well for anybody that tries to come for Oprah. I I don't see it. I don't see that being a good fight that you should choose. She's just one of them people that you just don't come for. Because I really think that deep down inside, Oprah going to show y'all that little country girl from back in the day. Oprah's a bitch. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Oprah, and I hate using that term, right, but I'm, when I'm saying bitch, I mean, like, she she, she is. I, I, I think Oprah could be cutthroat. And I was talking to C about this. We were talking about this. That's why I was, I was wishing she could have came on tonight. We were talking, we had a whole conversation about Oprah. You, man, you don't be opening to where she was without stepping on some, some heads and some toes and cutting off some surface heads. Like, Oprah mm-hmm. did not get to where she was. Like, she she, she did some cutthroat stuff. And, oh, yeah. And she can be cutthroat. 
and, I, and, and she's a bad, you know what I'm saying? Well, um, and that's the thing is that nobody's going to come for her. They they don't have the galls to come for her. Like, if they come for her, right. that's suicide. <laughs> right. Yeah, you you can't come for Oprah. Man, that woman probably got 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 clout that she can get some darn killers to come after you. And I'm not talking. I mean, not only you committing political suicide, but you probably can have a bouncing on your head if if it mm-hmm. comes down to it. You yeah, see what I'm saying? But this is my thing. Mm-hmm. But you have you know, yeah, Oprah the one you don't come for. Yeah, like like Monique said, I believe everything. You remember when Monique came out some months back, like four months, about three, four months ago, and she was saying all those allegations between um um about uh um uh, Oprah and Tyler Perry. Oh and, yeah, and I, I believe she pulled. I believe she pulled a Mori on her. <laughs> yeah. I believe she pulled a Mori on her. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say this: Oprah was kind of low down what she did to Monique, though, like. Oprah broke broke it down, and I mean not Oprah. Monique broke it down and said how remember Monique was talking about how her brother molested her, and and Oprah then she put her on the show with her brother. Yeah, yeah. So you ain't gonna tell me that yeah. Oprah ain't cutthroat, like oh. you know what I'm saying? I think she got the right people. You know what I'm saying? She. She know her circle to stay in, and she stays in it. But you best believe you walk a tight rope when you're around her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you walk a tight rope when it comes to her. That's just like um, what's the name? And I really need to dig into the backstory because I don't remember what happened. But uh, Whoopi Goldberg said something a while back ago on the View that. Before she got the 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 job at the View, I guess she supposedly said something that blacklisted her Hollywood community that nobody would work with her at all. Like yeah, she was unemployed yeah, for a while. Every time you turned around, you go. She was in something, and the thing about this, I heard about that because they said her and Oprah didn't speak for you. Yeah, they, they fell out for years, from what I heard. Yeah, and I always wondered what that was about. Yes, I was like, I said, what did she say? You know, Whoopi Goldberg, she she's the one. She don't say what you're thinking, and and not care. Like she don't care. I love her on the View. Um, like, and I feel like every now and again. She gives little bitty, little, little Megan McCain, she gives her a run for her money. Because Megan oh. be trying to come with her little side post or whatever, and Whoopi be like, girl, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't palate her. I can't get into her, that Megan McCain. Like, yeah, like, I, just, I can't, it, it baffles me because she is a true conservative. If you ever wanted to know how a conservative talks, you you see it when you listen to her. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about, it's never about what they do. It's about, well, the Democrats did X, Y, and Z too, so nobody's going up in arms about that. No, we're talking about you right now. 
We're not talking about yeah, what somebody did. That's, that's, that's what she likes to do. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's funny you to kind of watch that situation her about a month ago. Because you remember that situation about a month ago when she was on uh, on the um, view and someone had brought up about that um, the young black man that that, that was in oh, was she, the military. Was she, <laughs> baby, let me tell you, I watched that show when it was the it was the the congresswoman that came yeah, the on the air. Yeah, yeah. She came on the air and she was addressing the situation because she was the person that was in the car when the situation happened or whatever. So she was addressing the situation and Megan McCain came for her and was like, well, do you feel like it was your place to discuss what the conversation was? It was a private conversation. That congresswoman said, first of all, I said, well, there goes the end of that. Because anytime mother anytime starts off with hear a, a older black woman say first of all, she reading you, she breaking it down, she breaking you down, she reading you, you're right. She about to read, she reads you from start to finish in the book. She gonna read from the epilogue to, to the ending to the prologue and everything else. She gonna read you from start to finish when they start off like that. Whoopi Goldberg just dropped her head. She just was like, "Yep, you better get it now." <laughs> She had to kind of stop her. If I, if I remember that clip correctly, she had to kind of get her to, to, get her to stop. But she went on a roll, and she could she they had to try to stop that woman on her. Like was she was crazy. like, first of all, she was like, he wasn't just another soldier to me. I watched him and his brother grow up from the time they were little boys. I was his teacher back in the middle of and all this. I mean, she broke it. I said, oh well, I bet you next time you won't ask a black woman if it's her place. Mm. When she did that, well, baby, I died. She need that. She needed. She needs that sometimes. She when she came for her, I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Well, I bet you you won't ask no more dumb questions online." I said, "Oh, you done got mm-hmm. red for Phil." But yeah, it's it just it just amazes me. This new this new climate is so just. I don't know. It's like you want them. You want them to just go ahead and impeach the president or whatever, but then you just kind of want to just sit back and kind of watch it all cave in on itself. Because every day it just gets a little bit worse. I said, Black is going to be fine because we've been dealing with this stuff. We've been dealing with this stuff, racism, substance, and acceptance of this country. So it's these other groups of people that don't know what they're going to do. Now they have to share in this system of, impre- of oppression, they have to deal with this now. So they don't know how to deal with this. Because you think about like it like, you know, you know, a lot of people make, huh? It took, it took this election because now I'm one, I've, I've stirred up a controversy when I said this to somebody. It was like, well, you know, Trump this and Trump that and blah, 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 blah. This. I said, have you ever thought, you can't even be mad at Trump. They was like, why can't you be mad at Trump? I said, because he did what he set out to do. He proved to you that the United States as a whole can be bought. 
and that anybody mm-hmm. can win the presidency if you got enough money and you know the right people. He proved that. That's all he wanted to do. He probably would if it would have been if it would have been so easy for him, I really believe that once he won the election, I really believe that if he could have just been like, Okay, I did it. Now I'm gonna walk away, he would have done that. Right. But now they they let him go on. He was like, okay, well, they're going to keep letting me make a mess of the situation, and ain't really nothing they can do about it because I'm the president. So let's see how much more murkier I can make this situation. So it's like now, you know, he's like, okay, well, I done pissed off this group of people on to the next group of people. You know, I done got rid of almost every initial person in my campaign committee. And you see, he he's won... Mm-hmm. Look at uh, um, the guy that they just that just uh, agreed to plead guilty with the FBI. Now this was your right hand man. This was somebody that you confided in, that you talked to, that you you know let run your campaign. But now that his button got caught in the in the trap, and he in trouble. Now you're going, oh, I, I knew, that's why I fired him, because I knew he was trouble. I knew he was trouble. Clearly, you didn't know he was trouble. Now you're trying to distance yourself because you know he got your hand in the cookie jar, too, and he's about to tell it. Right. <laughs> he's about to tell it, and now you want to distance yourself. You're about to distance yourself from your whole family, because now they got your son. They got him in an interrogation room talking about lawyer lawyer mm-hmm. client privilege. Well, that's a mess. That, 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 that's a mess. It's like every day, you know, I just kind of turn on the TV and go, okay, well, what happened today? You know, yeah. it's like within the first five, first five minutes of the news, you just be like, oh, okay, well, he's at it again. And this dude tweets at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Dude, what are you doing up? <laughs> and this is my thing. With all this shit that's going on in this country now, and you got all these countries against the United States, and you better hope that North Korea, North Korea don't jump froggy on them. I said, you need to get your ass off of social media, and you better be trying to figure out what, what the the fate of this country or potential fate of this country, You man, you don't need to even be on uh, social media like that now. And now, here's That's my thing. Now, this, is, this is where I'm confused at. Now, if he was in such an uproar, about Hillary Clinton and her emails and all of this, that, and the third. Why are they allowing you to tweet out all of this nonsense? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm, conf- I'm confused. No other president, and Twitter has been out for a while now, no other president has used social media in such an abundance as this Yahoo has. And then it's the other oh, thing is why very immature. Yeah. And then the other thing is anything that has Obama's name to it 
he is hell bent on erasing it like it never existed. Yep. He took a situation that had nothing to do with politics and turned it political. When he, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it, but when he pardoned the the presidential turkey or whatever it is they call it for Thanksgiving, he made a comment wow. that said he made the comment and said that well the other two turkeys that got pardoned last year, he said some of my um some of my White House staff have has informed me that I can't pardon no that I can't. Um, what did he say? He said, I can't unpardon or whatever. He cannot, I, I can't reverse the pardon that Obama did last year. What, somebody asked, what do like, you think that is? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. It perplexes me the fascination that he has with anything that has to do with Obama. And I tell people all the time, they was like, everybody, everybody's on Obama. Everybody's riding Obama. I said, look, I'm the first one to tell you. I was clearly and truly not pleased with some of Obama's decisions. He made some real messed up decisions during his term. He didn't do a lot of what he said he was set out to do. Yes, he accomplished quite a bit, but he was still flawed to a degree. Right. So it's like, you know, you 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 see that, you know, I'm not like Obama was not the great messiah. I'm sorry. He was still flawed. He yeah. had his issues. So, um, you know, and so like I said with this guy coming in now, I I don't know what his it, like he just has this thing. Like if Obama was said to have created ice cream, he would the next day would go out and put a ban on ice cream just because. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It baffles me his infatuation, his infatuation with this man. I'm like, do he lightweight got a crush on him? I was like, what the hell? I, I, but, yeah. I, I just. I I don't understand what this it 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 goes deeper than than something because I I don't want to just always say it's race but that's what everything links back to I think has to yeah um you it know, just it, it it baffles me it's like I don't know it it completely baffles me I'm really hoping. I don't know because I really, I really have to do some research on him. But when I was watching him on the show the other day, um, I believe that in twenty, what is it? Is it twenty twenty? Is our next, or is it twenty eighteen election? Yeah, twenty. Oh, uh, for the pre, for the uh, uh, midterm. No presidential. Presidential. Oh, twenty twenty. Yeah. I I'm, I really hope that he's in a position to throw his hat in the ring, but I would really like to see what Joe Biden can do with this country. Yeah. Because he's one of those types that he shoots from the hip, 
and I believe that mm-hmm. with. But here's the thing: is that we, like you said, we we definitely the pres- presidential election is important. But what people need to realize is that the midterm election is actually more important. Yeah. Because that's when we elect our senators, our Congress people, our governors, our you know state representatives, and things of that nature. All of those votes are done during the midterm, and we got some people because that, that the president can't get nothing done if he don't have people that that in those seats that support what he's doing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so it's yeah. like you, you see stuff like that. You know, I really hate that that one um, congressperson stepped down because of the allegations or whatever, but his time was over with anyway. My God, the man was like 70-something years old. The, uh, the one that, you know, somebody that has that, that such a long-lasting legacy like that, that their that legacy, is, it comes to an end on that note. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, now that was what the sad part about. was. Yeah, that's that's what the sad part of that was, is that he was brought down on a scandal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though he resigned before, you know, it really got, you know, crazy or whatever. But, yeah. And I've seen something. I don't know if you posted it. I got a couple more stories I'm going to do, and I'm going to jump off here. Did you hear okay, go ahead. about – did you hear about um, – Patty LaBelle being on Andy Cohen's show out in Luther. Did you hear about that? I I heard about it and I'm kind of torn about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was her story. She she based it off of her experience. Mm-hmm. So it was personal. But then too this would have never came out if his mother was still living. Yeah. She held on to that promise to him that it would never come out as long as his mother was living because he didn't want it to come out while he was living. But you know what? Like, people people been speculating about that. That's like, it, it just it just baffles me that these people go through this torment and they go through all this stuff and people have been saying this about Luther ever since when I was I, when I was a kid and I've, I've always heard that about people saying that Luther's gay. Like so, my thing Everybody. is like, who who are you fooling? Like who are you fooling? Like people just loved you for your music and just who you were as a person. Then nobody could care less about that. Like, yep. seriously, like, I mean, I, I, believe, though, do, but, mm-hmm. I believe his career, out in our community, his career would have stayed the same. Yeah. But I believe that because he had crossed over into other genres and, you know, the other people was listening to his music and enjoying his music and this, that, and the third – that was just not something that was feasible career uh-huh. yeah that was that was career suicide 
But do you think, was, do you think like times are different now? Because it seems now, like people that are openly gay, or people that are, it's, it's almost like put the ice cake almost just like someone that it like, it's I think now, for, for, I think now, mm-hmm. yeah, now more people is because it's so prominent and everybody is, you know, comfortable with who they are now. But I think during the era that Luther was around, that's just not something that you talked about. And I believe that his mother was very private mm-hmm. in her circle of people. So I believe that that was like the elephant in the room. But you bet not have said nothing about it. Right. So, and, you know, and I've seen but that, I, I you know. Watched that clip. I, I, I watched that clip with Andy, and this this is my thing with Andy Cohen. I, I, I just think, I don't, I think he's a snake. I, I he think, is a Wendy Williams. But he's a pig. He's a pig to me. And because to me, that was totally uncalled for for him to, even bring up Luther's name out of his mouth and then to bring bring that out. And he he played Kayla Bell. She fell right into the trap and like that was just out of line for him to even to, to right. even bring and, that and out. And that's like, the thing you know, is that and for me it was it was really perplexed for me because Patty LaBelle is one of those if you get an interview with her most of the time, that interview was already vetted before she even mm-hmm. steps onto the stage. So for him to have snuck that in like that, I think she probably felt like she had no other choice but to answer it because I believe that not answering it would have answered it. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that's why I can't really so come it, down on her because I love Patty LaBelle, and I'm not going to come for a legend like hers. I always have respect. I don't think Patty LaBelle has the bone in her body like that, especially when it comes to Luther because he always had a soft place in her heart for him. You know what I'm saying? They oh, were yeah. really close friends, and, and she talked about how she, when she was coming up, when they didn't even have nothing, he, he you know, he made sure they had so nice outfits and dresses and stuff like that. He he always took care of her. You know what I'm saying? So they always had this real close bond with each other. And I don't think she did that out of uh, maliciousness or whatever you want to call it. I don't think that they right. did. I just think it was one of those things. She was just caught up in that moment. And like you said, it, you know, just, you know, it just, it just, it, it was either like answer it. Now, yeah, it was, it was either answer it and make sure that whatever you say, they can't add more to it or take nothing away from it or not answer right. it. And then the people go crazy and be like, oh, well, Patty didn't Make answer. Sense. So does that mean that, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, when you don't answer a question, it's almost like answering it anyway. Right, right, right. But so yeah, now you still can't come back and say. Because I really want to do it. I'm going to do, next time we do show, I'm going to do something on, I want to do something, because I was talking, I want to do something about Oprah, eventually do a segment on her history and just who she was and how she got where she was, and I really want to do something on Andy Cohen, like, not a, not a documentary, but just like a like a segment on him, just, just how he built that franchise of the Housewives 
and how he has gotten to where he is, like by off the, especially like the Housewives of Atlanta. How that that's the most popular uh, um, show in his franchise, and how yeah. he played always played black women against each other, and it kind of exploited the black community and kind of like profited off of the negative stereotypes of black women. And he's always doing that. Like I just, I think he's a, I think he's a cokehead. He's a cokehead. Like that's what he is. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of shady and vindictive stuff about him. Like, uh, who's that girl? Who's that woman? Um, she was under fire not too long ago, because um, she put out that that picture of Trump being beheaded or something like that or like she had to oh, decapitate um, Kathy Griffin. Uh, yeah, Kathy Griffin. India. Yeah, she was talking about yep. how she she even said that uh uh Andy Cohen was is a real big cokehead and offered her cocaine. Like they would be she used to be on his show and stuff like that. He kinda shaded her and threw her under the bus like he didn't know who she was after, you know, doing all this stuff, this backlash she going through, but she was just talking about how it's funny now how you don't know who I am, but you had me on your show and you offered me cocaine several times before we went on air. So it's mm-hmm. just I, I just don't know about him, man. I just I don't he ain't my cup of tea. I don't care for him. And no housewives better be be better be careful getting close to him, especially Nene think that's her best friend. He'll fuck he'll wheel to the wolves like he throw through uh 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 um, not Portia, but uh, Phaedra, Phaedra. To the You know, yeah, that's a, they, they that's, think that's yeah, been getting, He's a greedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been following this new this new season, and it's just, it baffles me. Like, how do you just like you said? He just took her and was just like, okay, put the bus, put you in front of the bus, and run you right over. And I got to get caught up on these last couple of weeks because I ain't been able to tune in to nothing. You, you see how I didn't even, man, I didn't even know that uh, Bella Reese had passed. Now, you know that's Baby, when you posted that, I hollered. I said, I can't stand him for nothing. <laughs> so, you know. I, I said, that means you and Amazon, you, you and the job have just become one. <laughs> said, man, I I was able, I almost missed the dorm season finale of Empire, which I wanted to get on that because that last night, that and that star had me no, last night episode. Last night episode was nothing. It was the week before episode that I'm sitting here in the middle of my bed going, y'all don't see that girl dead in the middle of that floor? Cookie talking about, ain't nobody right. here. I said, damn it, she right there. And then when they got to plan yeah. everything back, because I said, "Oh, y'all done played the crazy out of everybody." Right. You ain't mean to tell me that this boy was at the restaurant arguing with himself. Like this I'm girl is that, not that real. <laughs> yeah, that 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 don't Andre character boy. I'm telling you, he. I, I don't know where they taking that character to every every season. He, he's getting nuttier and nuttier. 
Right, and I just hate that they left us with the whole he done confessed to trying to kill Lucius. I said, y'all cannot end on this. Right. But let me I tell said, you this, oh, yeah. though. I, I said, man, they done kind of, they done kind of, uh, kind of, Jamal done kind of stepped up. Like, he, he, he's, he's showing his little trade side this, this season. I said, he's sitting up here beating people into bloody pups and, <laughs> and, and, and going in and going ham on people, I said, okay, they 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 trying to they trying to butch him up a little bit this this season. Okay, like this ain't Mister Softy here. Uh, Jamal is still alive <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> it, it's almost like they done switched roles because Lucius seemed like he done became kind of soft. This I said, man, I don't know what they serving with with this new Lucius this season, but I'm telling you this this uh like you said this softy soft serve. Um, uh, uh book, book not... version of now. Nah, this ain't working for me. But you see, yeah. towards the end, now he's starting to come back to. He kind of got ruthless at the end when he beat right. on, uh, uh, um, du- Dubois. What's that? Was that her son? Yeah, that was her son. So he was in that alley. Oh yeah, yeah. Said, oh yeah. Lucius is back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And baby, when I tell you, I was torn. When they first brought Felicia Rashad, I said, oh, y'all cannot take Claire Hustable and turn her gangster. This is not right. <laughs> Man, but you seen it. She, but she still gave you Bougetto. She gave she gave you Bougie, though. Oh, Bougie, yeah. Though. Oh, you seen when she, oh, they, yeah. Not, they took her back to take her to cut. She said, don't touch me. <laughs> Baby, she, Dave, now I'm telling you, and then Miss Cookie was reading, she was reading the kids. She was reading the kids in this episode. Baby, she was letting them have it. She, she read her from top to bottom, from from prologue to epilogue, or whatever you want to call it, man. She she was giving them, like, she was, I'm telling you, they had Miss Cookie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was just a good, I think it was a good season finale. I, I think it was. Uh, it, it was definitely good. I can't wait until what is it, January? I think it kicks up again. I don't know. But I think uh, no March. I, I, I think it comes back in March. March. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, that's and what, then, uh, then Star was pretty good too. The season finale for that. I stopped. I started cleaning up after I did not even watch Star. My son was telling me about it. He was like, "Mommy," he said. He said, "Uh." What's her name? Daughter died. I said her daughter died. He was like, yeah. yeah. She was in that uh, house fire. Because I, I wasn't yeah. watching it this season really like that. I caught the season finale. The season finale was good. Um, And then they had they had Miss Lawrence on there. You know, I said, you know, Lee Daniels ain't she. She you know, does too much. Ghetto. He's talking her about uh, Lawrence and got her in trouble. because Yeah, they up there doing ass injections. And booster and weave in the door, uh, uh, beauty salon. Yeah, her and and the other one I can't stand, but she's on uh, Housewives. That's uh Miss Derek J. I was like, oh. Miss J and um Lawrence, yeah. Mm-hmm. I say, can y'all take these two girls somewhere and have several seats? Every time we know you can wear heels, that's great and that's wonderful and and that's that's cute and all. But every time I see your little oompa loompa butt, you should not be in a six inch stiletto. Why? Why are you in a stiletto all the time? You already short and dumpy, 
and then you're going to try to cue it up with a stiletto, go have several three, four seats. <laughs> well, honey, I've I seen a picture of, who was it? It wasn't Lawrence. It was Miss J. Her day was roasting the hell out of Miss J online. They had a picture of he was in them, uh, in them high heels with them fat, chubby feet sticking out of them, them stiletto pumps, baby. They was roasting him online. He don't realize he looked a darn fool. Right. I just look. I said, Lord. I said, I can't take these girls seriously. I can't take them seriously. I can't. Oh, Jesus. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of tea. That these these next couple, we might have to go back. We will have to figure out a way to get back on on the air at least twice a month, if 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 nothing else, because it's these last few weeks of the year. The yeah. last few weeks of the year are going to be interesting and rolling it all into 2018. It's just going to. It's going to be interesting. There's not going to be a dull moment from this day to December 31st. It's not going to be a dull moment. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, and that, 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 I mean, especially with a lot of these, like you said, a lot of these people um, being, their shows, their deals, contract shows, being yanked from up, you know, under them and all that stuff, it's going to be an interesting conclusion of the year and just to see where a lot of these people end up in 2018 it's going to be very interesting and i'm like you i said we don't have to do it it's it's a lot of stuff that's been going on it's, it's so much stuff i couldn't get everything into the show tonight because it's just been so much going on in these in these past uh couple weeks and stuff like that mm-hmm. so, i yeah but black people better start waking up they better start realizing that, you know, I, I think a lot of our problem is we think we've made it, and these these white supremacists are letting you know that yeah we letting you get to a certain point, but at any point we we can we can put a stop to it and and, and snatch everything from you. And if, if people aren't learning that stuff, like if they haven't learned that this year, if they ain't start, that's why I think we as lefty we got to start doing our own stuff like our own news platforms, our own commentary, our own blogs, so we can get our perspective out there. Because mainstream, yep. this this especially under this administration, they're not gonna allow black people to have a voice. They're not gonna allow us to have it. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the thing is so, that, you know, they they definitely like I said, we we definitely gotta get out here and get our own and do our own. That's just not for black people. That's for everybody. But it seems like we're the only race that can't seem to get it together. The Mexicans can band together or the Latinos can band together and, and you know, benefit from each other and, and do for each other. The the Asian and, you know, Chinese, American or whoever, whatever, they can band together and build a network the Africans can come over here and build a network and network the uh, Arabs and the Indians and all them people. Everybody else's culture can band together and make stuff happen. And if somebody makes two seconds more an hour than us in our community, all of a sudden they, ooh, they bougie. Ooh, they, they think they this. They think yeah. they that. No. <laughs> 
But see, the thing, the thing about our community, everybody else has a code except we do. We have everybody else has a code of conduct except us. Yeah. So everybody knows how to get on code. Everybody knows how to band together. Every other group knows how to put their resources together. I was talking to a friend of mine at work. He's he's Indian, and he was. And, and it's a lot a lot of um, foreigners that have this concept, and I think that we as black people, we need to adopt this concept of putting our resources together in the household. Yo, exactly. Everybody don't have their own individual Everybody's putting their money into the resources or, or into one account to benefit the family as a whole. That's yeah, why they I had a friend. Yeah, I had a friend that was mm-hmm. uh, that, that's Mexican. I have a friend, and I asked him, I was like, you know, I said, I noticed that it's a lot of y'all that live in the house, and they was like, everybody has a role. You're responsible for the light bill. You're responsible for the gas bill. You're responsible for, you know, the groceries. You're responsible for taking care of the kids. You're responsible for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Everybody has a responsibility. And the minute that you decide that you don't want to contribute to the group, they will kick you out. Yep, that's true. They will kick you right on out and replace you with somebody else that's willing to participate. Us, we 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 want to keep around the dead weight in our community. We we want to accept people back once they betrayed our community. We want to take them back. Yep. You know, and I think once you have showed your disloyalty, I think there, there shouldn't be no place. You know what I'm saying? Every other community they, they have that concept. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't see the amount of coon in, in other uh, other societies like you like you see with the black society. You don't see that. Right. Now I think a lot of that, yep. that stems back to, like you said, slavery. We've always been in that mindset to where we we you I got to get more than you got. You know what I'm saying? I I I gotta I gotta get ahead of you. If not you know, my life depends on it. I have to, you know, I have to rat you out. I have to sell you out just so I can get a few extra butter bits. You see yep. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times that, you know, that's why we as black people can't get ahead because our mindset has been jaded, you know, and it's just been something that's been passed down generation from generations, and we have not dealt with a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'll give you a good example, like especially – um like we'll even talk about the the uh, culture of uh, molestation and stuff like that. Like like Monique was talking about. Well, you know she's from Baltimore, and a lot of slaves during that time, like years ago in that in that part of the country, that's where a lot of incest took place. Like on plantation, like out there, because they were using. The, the men to sleep with the mothers and the, everything it was a lot of like stuff going on, which is kind of messed up the African psyche because we weren't immoral people like that. And a lot of that, right. stuff, that, that stuff that took place on, uh, on those plantations were passed down from generation to generation. That's why you have a lot of um, incest and a lot of uh, uh, molestation and stuff in that part of the country and stuff like that. Them people yep. still suffer from that stuff. And and that goes with just all the ills in our community. It's been passed down. That's why we, we can't get ahead because we haven't dealt with these curses that have been put up on us, you know. 
Yeah, so. exactly. You know, and that's one of the things, you know, that's one of the things that I, you know, I, I strive for is that, you know, the, the generational curses have to end somewhere. And mm-hmm. I've learned through, I've learned through my process this last year that, you know, a lot of my setbacks was because I allowed history to not necessarily creep in and take over, but I've allowed it mm-hmm. to infiltrate the foundation. Right. So, like you said, until it's addressed, you know, we we don't believe in the th- in the in the therapy word. You know, ooh, you better not say black people go to therapy. Child, that's that's a yep. no no. Child, and, see, and, and, I and, really... I, and I was just reading a post online that I'm glad you brought that because it reminds me of something I seen today. Like this girl posted up something on Facebook about uh, people talking about your pastor is not your therapist. Your pastor, your rabbi, your whoever, your they are not your therapist. Like you know what I'm saying? Yep. People think because somebody's in a pastoral uh uh, uh a position that makes no those people are not trained to be you no know, psychologists or be somebody to, to to be your therapist they're not yeah if anything like a lot of these churches when you get done dealing with a lot of these pastors you're gonna need a, a true therapist to help you out of all the stuff that they they've indoctrinated you with they said it. you know what i'm saying they got their place but you know any any legitimate pastor will tell you you know i can i can give you you know, uh, advice from the word of God, I can only help you out to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. if they're not um, licensed and trained in that position, they don't have no, no, they don't have no business telling people or trying to lead people like that. You see what I'm saying? So yep. I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of times, I think religion has done so much harm to the black community, man. Like, there's this dude that's on YouTube, and, and I've talked to him on the phone a couple of times. He's done a lot of videos about Juanita Bynum and talking uh-huh. about how shady she really is. And um, I didn't know that Juanita Bynum was originally from Chicago. I didn't know that. I thought she was from Atlanta. I didn't either. Yeah. And, she, you know, I she, believe that I believe that the pastors of our parents' generation – when those died off, so did the black church. Mm-hmm. You know, because like um, I don't know if you if you get a chance to go back and watch, go to Universal's uh, uh, Facebook page and watch the sermon from Sunday night at uh, mm-hmm. Bishop Boyd's installation service. Um, mm-hmm. The pastor that spoke that night, uh, Weaver, she mentioned something. She said, you know, the black church was a pillar in the community. You know, that was where we went for our guidance. And, you know, it was it was completely different than the outside world, you know. And right. once that once that sacredness of the black church went away, because the black church is no longer sacred, it's not. 
Oh, it no, hasn't I'm been. Not. It has not been sacred for some years now. <laughs> and so, you know, when you start to really, when you really look at that, and you start to see when it all started going bad. You know, and you be like, wow, you know, and then you, like you said, the the black churches is no longer that entity that was, that was different. Now yeah. what you see out in the streets is what you see in the church and what you, you see in the, the church, church is what yeah. you see out in the street. There was nothing different, yeah, you know. You always knew the real yeah, stage folks when we were like kids. Like Kojic and all these, like they said, like all the the membership is down. Even the people that the amount of people that that come to these conventions is down. And then when you go to the convention, it's all out fights and brawls and always a scandal at these conventions. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like that, they, that, I've heard it. I've heard it being called the meet and greet. That's what these conventions Ooh. are. I said now, the do you meet mean the M-E-E-T or M-E-A-T? Because I, I, I need to know which meat you're talking about. Hey, a little bit of both. This where everybody meets up. And, and, you know, that this is just what I've been told. I don't know because, honey, I don't go. But, you know, I've just go. been. I don't want to go. I've just been told, you know, not everybody. Let's put that disclaimer out there because I know we got a few right. friends and some relatives that go to the, you know, the coaching conventions. Not saying that everybody goes there for it, but it's almost, it can be believed as a true statement because, honey, they, they come into regular churches, not just convention time. You come to certain churches on certain nights of the week or when there's a big concert or whatever, you have seen it. When we Ooh, go to these concerts wait. and stuff. It's all about, honey, what trades you can pick up for that night. Ain't nobody coming to church to hear oh, nobody singing Lord, and, and and dancing and carrying on. Ain't nobody coming to church for that. They know they know old trades so and so. They don't they don't want to talk about that though. Ain't nobody trying to talk about that though. They don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know that your old trade might be at the concert tonight, so you gonna pull out your good garments. And, and you know See, that's and, why I don't like going out. to a lot of these concerts no more. I don't, I don't like going to them. I just I don't. I just. You but when you confirm for me, when you confirm for me that the begging preacher was there at that other event, I said that's it. I'm not going to no more because if you keep you know me I'll, on the I'll put it right on out there. I, I'll put it out there. Cause I ain't I ain't scared. Cause I'll say I don't care. Um. We was out there fervent prayer church for uh uh Miss uh, Pamela, in which I love Pamela. Don't get me wrong, I, I, I like Pamela. I, I love you know I like her singing, I like her spirit or whatever. So this ain't no right. Um, this against her because the live recording was actually pretty good. It was it was really that's nice. what everybody that. said. John Jonathan Nelson was there. He um you know he he, he did praise and worship or whatever. So I'm not knocking her. I, you know, you know. I'm saying you got to get your hustle up. Hey, if you, if, I guess if you need somebody to hustle up some money for you, that's the one to get. Right or wrong, right, wrong or indifference. I guess because you know that's that's the same one that was at Demetrius live recording. I'm not knocking him too. I like Demetrius. Ain't nothing. Ain't no shade against the artist because I, you know, you know, I ain't never had. You know, what I'm saying he's cool. I like him, but I'm just talking about him. I just don't like how you get up there and talk about bragging about everything you got and then talking about, well, 
$20,000 ain't a lot. Y'all spend that on weed or a good weed because you $700 and this, that, and the other. And then you, you trying to shame people and telling them if you get this money, God's going to do X, Y, and Z for you. You you don't know what God God's going to do. How you going to just going to tell people that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in bet, I'm just, I don't know. I just, he just rubs me the wrong way. That's not my pastor, so I don't know. But I'm just going by what I've seen. Like, I've seen him out a couple, a few times, and what other people have said, I just don't like it. I don't get a good feeling yeah, about like, it, and I don't care. Yeah, he he kills the whole moment. It's like you be like, okay, I'm ready to go home now. I don't even want to be here no more. It just I really it always thought about getting up and leaving. Like you know what I'm saying? Because to me, how are you gonna sit up here and shame people? Most of these people ain't got money to to pay for gas to get back and forth to work. This is around the holidays, and you gonna try to shame people into giving a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars. You know, a hundred dollars. Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Come on, wait. This is an investment. I said, well, baby, you can't go to the. You what kind of investment is this? You trying to like this stocks and bonds and and four one k plans where they can literally pull out an investment in the future? No, you can't pull no investment out to giving somebody a thousand dollars. And I ain't trying to throw no shame, man. But these people need to do a better job in raising their money before they try to. It, it, I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't even like going to these programs no more because you have to deal with this level of foolishness in the church, and I just I can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I said. I said, no, I'm okay. I said, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't have time for it because I feel like this. Stop saying this is a free will offering. If you got to beat me over the head until I give what you want me to give, then it's no longer free will. Set a price at I the door. Exercise my free will and get up and leave. How about that? <laughs> Ain't that it? <laughs> yes, sir. Go ahead. I I don't know. Like my thing, what happens to people hustle? Like you knew, you know that you trying to 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 record. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's trying to – everybody wants stuff quick and easy these days. Like, what happened to you doing events, like raising your money, getting your money up before you record? Like, what happened to you taking engagements and getting paid and saving your money and stacking your money up trying to get your own project together instead of just begging? That, 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 you see what I'm saying? What happened, what happened to that? Like, people have commercialized concerts because – I believe this. You, an artist, most of the time, there's a there's a couple of churches in the city that have brought very prominent gospel artists and didn't charge people at the door and didn't take up an astronomical amount of money during the service. That's because they took care of their business before the people even walked in the door. Right. So that's almost does. like people having these doing funerals. They they people having these funerals and they ain't got the money to pay for the funeral. You ain't got no insurance. You ain't stating no money up. You ain't stacking no coins up. And now everybody's sitting around looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's looking mm-hmm. crazy. That that's the same. I feel I get that same 
vibe off of that. Like, how do you have all these people here that you don't even know if you're going to raise the money to pay these people? You got this band here. You got all these all this promotion and all the stuff you got to pay for and, and all these people that you done brought out of town. How do you go into that blindly not knowing if you're going to raise the money you need to pay all these people? How do you do that? I, I, mm-hmm. I don't, maybe I don't understand the business, but I just, to me, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Yep. And like I said, I've been around people that are, you know, prominent in the industry and you best believe that all they dust was in a row before the the church doors even open. Because a concert is not no guarantee to a certain amount of money. That's true. Because you got you got a lot of different variables that you gotta take into consideration. You don't know the amount of people that's gonna actually come out and support your event and then like you know your average. You know how you market the events. You don't know how many, like you said, who who's gonna actually come out. You know, and then you got external variables like you know you don't know how the weather's gonna be, what's gonna stop people from getting there. You don't know what kind of variables you have. Thing that could mm-hmm. probably hinder you from getting the turnout that you think you're gonna get. And then you got all these people you got to pay for. And then you, it, it, yeah, I. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's too much. But I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> get the money raised, though. Mm-hmm. I guess he do, sugar. If you stand up there for a half an hour, you ain't got no choice but to make that money happen. Cause shoot, either one folks gonna get tired of listening to you and they gonna leave, or folks gonna give the money one way or the other. But either way, nobody want to hear that mess. Well. You know they didn't even end. They the doing recording didn't end until after eleven o'clock. Really? See, that's the other thing. You're not about to have it. I've already been. I was at church the other night, uh, late, but it was worth it because you know it was the installation service and it was a good right. service. But you know, but shoot, I'm not saying to nobody concert. I I love gospel music. Lord knows I do. But I ain't staying at nobody's concert to no ten, eleven o'clock at night, baby. I wait till you release the CD. Mm-hmm. That's what I wait for. I wait for the CD. Yeah, I ain't about to do it. Oh, right, well, I'm gonna shut this down because I know you. You sounding tired, and I'm getting tired too. Look, uh, look. I just looked at yeah, the I'm time, gonna... and I was like, shoot. I just. <clears throat> I didn't made my way. I didn't kind of feel. So I didn't realize he's still on this doing phone talking like this. And you know we can, you know we can go all day, honey. We <laughs> we talk on the phone. We talk. We we see each other, honey. You know we we will chat, honey. We will chat, especially if it's some good tea going on. We'll chat about that. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, then I will talk to you later. You have a good night, sir. All right, you too. All right, talk to you All later. right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.